LF podcast, where we're focused on fashion, fitness, and of course food. This podcast is all about bringing these three parts of your life together to help you get the most out of your passions. We're here to help you look your best, feel great, and also indulge in some maybe not so hidden temptations. <laughs> we are by no means experts in any of these fields, but we do hope to bring people to the show who know what they're talking about and can help you with some of these aspects of your life. You only live once, so why not live a life worth living? On the show today, we have Julian Bautista. She's a fashion show, fashion event, and photo shoot producer. She's had the chance to go through her journey, which has included the industry producing with her classmates' fashion show senior year of college, to becoming executive producer to Project Runway Season 13, Project Runway All-Star Season 2, Kenny Zamora's that following summer. She was born and raised in the East Bay of San Francisco, California. She will also talk about the time that she spent in Hawaii and her new home here in Chicago. Can't wait to hear about the ups and downs and in between of producing a fashion show and, of course, her life story. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation with Juliana Bautista. So today we're sitting down with Juliana Bautista. How are you? I'm doing well, JP. How are you? Enjoy my time at Bites, bringing a new friend that I've spent some time with, so I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I've never been here before, so I'm very excited to be here and to see you again after our fashion show that we got here. <laughs> so tell us what you do in one to two sentences. In one to two sentences, what do I do? I work with designers to plan fashion shows. So we actually ended up meeting at a fashion show, kind of like an all-week thing. Mm-hmm. Ton of fun. Learned a lot about you. Same. How, how did you get into this type of event planning, fashion stuff? It's usually that's something people are very niche into, or it's mm-hmm. like there's a niche market. Um, well, I guess the easiest explanation, which I'm sure you caught on to my personality very early on, I was that girl in like school that yeah. was always involved in everything and like oh like leadership, certain clubs I was president of, started clubs, started events. Yeah. So I feel like I was doing that already. Okay. It was just and I enjoyed doing that, but it was just a matter of finding I guess the one thing that I wanted to focus on, yeah. which was fashion. So, again, I was doing a lot of leadership stuff, and in college, I was president of a, of our club that we had there, and kind of just spiraled from there. So, how did you land here in Chicago? People say like Chicago is an up and coming fashion place, but yeah. people also say the coasts are more involved. Mm-hmm. And you came from one of the coasts as well. Yeah, I came from the West Coast, born and raised in San Francisco but I went to school in Hawaii, and that's where I did a majority of my fashion growing, and my career was in Hawaii, which was crazy because, again, like you're saying, Chicago's not really a fashion place. You wouldn't think Hawaii is a fashion place either. So I think that after living there and, and becoming successful in my own right, I guess, moving to a different place and finding that fashion industry and, and that community in general was super important, and I think that's pretty much why I'm here is to spread those wings in the fashion industry in a different in a different place that I've never been. I've never even visited here before I moved here. So So how did you choose to come to Chicago then? Was that just uh, <laughs> flip on the die, you threw a dart and like I should go here? Basically, yeah. I have 
have a friend from college in Hawaii. She was living in Seattle cool. with her boyfriend and a couple other roommates, yeah. and their lease was up, and they were just like, let's go to Chicago. And I was living in California because I felt like I was settling in Hawaii, mm -hmm. and I said, I'm going to. I always wanted to go to the East Coast, yeah. so I figured this is a good middle ground <laughs> for it. And so that's how I ended up here. And yeah. it's been a year later, and I signed my lease again, so clearly there's been something good. And you're enjoying the Chicago winters? <laughs> I do. I feel like it's a novelty to me, personally, just because, again, I was walking on sand for the last seven years. Yeah. So the fascination of seasons changing and snow in general, it's, it still makes me smile rather than, like, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> so walk us through kind of like your thought process and maybe an outline of what you'd be doing if you were to put together an event. Let's say you and I partnered up on an event mm -hmm. for January. Yeah. What would be kind of your thought process? Is this you pushing the idea? Or no, I'm, not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> this is me modeling for every piece of clothing I that I own. This is me in my jeans with no shirt on. All right, this is me I with a shirt on. I need to coordinate which one goes first. <laughs> I need the music in the background. I need all these things. So if you and I were planning an event, what would the process be? Yeah. I. Uh, the first thing would be, obviously, we sit down and figure out what it's going to be for, if it's going to be for anything. Yeah. And then it's, okay, well, is there a theme to this? Setting a date at a venue. Then we started thinking about marketing-wise. Like, are we doing, is it going to be, like, mass media? Are we doing social, like, social media? What does that look like? What is the face of this event that we're doing? Right. Then having that conversation. And then, of course, the conversation of, what it, this, the lighting, the music, <laughs> everything, all of those little details, the gift bas baskets, if you're going to do them, yeah. seating, is there seating, and all of those nitty-gritty things that not a lot of people think about when they show up to an event. Mm -hmm. And I just, I think you and I think the same, where we love being that person that kind of does all of this hard work in the beginning and yeah. sees it kind of come to fruition um, very later down the line. So how do you put together a budget for that, right? So like I've been to events where people are freaking out like the week before, like we need to sell like X and more tickets mm -hmm. to pay for everything. It's like, well, maybe you shouldn't have had mm -hmm. all like these bottles of alcohol you bought to give away for free or stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. But how do you kind of put budgets together? Man, I, it really is just based off of how much the, for example, like a designer, if I'm doing a fashion show, how much the designer is willing to put in, and then how much we'll need as far as sponsorships. So if somebody can sponsor the lighting, then that is kind of taken out of the budget. Cool. And then you're talking, okay, are we paying the models, hair and makeup people, and a lot of times what we would do, in Hawaii anyway, again, it's a small community, yeah. so everyone's kind of working together to help each other thrive, really. And so we would go to like the cosmetic schools and we or the cosmetology cosmetology schools and be like, hey, do you guys want some experience with some first-hand models? Yeah. So that's pretty much how you come up with the budget is write out what it is that you need for a fashion show, and then kind of sticker a price that you're willing to pay or if we can like 
outsource that in a different way. And I have worked with a lot of cosmetology schools, especially in Hawaii, where they were super nice and always so willing to learn because they're students, you know, they're willing to get that hands-on experience and you kind of build relationships with them and even down the line, they'll cut you deals where you're just like, look, like, here's some makeup for you guys for future shows. So it's being creative in that sense too not only in the finished product as in the show, but in the early stages of how can we make this cheap <laughs> in, a, yeah. in a way, but make it look expensive <laughs> at the same time. So when people like put on shows and say stuff like, oh, I haven't eaten in like five days, I've been so busy, what are they running around doing? Like, I feel like if you put something together, a lot of planning goes into it. Yeah. Like, why would things not be finished on time or good to go? Like. What kind of fires are people putting out the week before? I heard a very interesting quote once about how paintings in general, mm-hmm. they always mess up, quote unquote. Yeah. It's a podcast, you can't see me doing yeah. air quotes. <laughs> um, but some people purposely, a long time ago, the artists used to purposely do something wrong in their pieces just because nothing is ever supposed to be perfect. Okay. Right? Yeah. So I think I've taken that method as far as fashion show production in a way where I can do as much as I can to be prepared. Right. I can write as many lists as possible, which that's what I'm doing. I'm not sleeping, I'm not yeah. eating, as I'm, you're writing lists of the schedule, you're making okay. sure everyone's gonna be there on time, things are being delivered when they need to be delivered, like craft services, for example, not yeah. only for the helpers in the back, but for the VIPs or yeah. any of those sorts of things. There's so many moving parts, so I think that I lie awake just making sure that I, uh, to, my, to my knowledge, that everything is where it needs to be, how it needs to be. But of course, day of, makeup doesn't show up, or I've been to a fashion show, been part of a fashion show where the electricity is out. And it's just one of those things where you can either panic mm-hmm. or you can find the solution. Yeah. And I think after so many years of just kind of going through it, I choose that route to just like, okay, that's what it is. Let's find the solution. What's the solution? Is it okay? We just order some food? I'm good for the moment. We're good. Thank because like I mean I want to like I've seen you know, I do events for more on like the tech side yeah and like fashion events I do are literally just like show up here and mm-hmm, whatever mm-hmm. but it's just like I'll ask people to do something like hey you're in charge of bringing the food yeah and you're a speaker mm-hmm. like, you should bring food that's not like a bag of cookies yeah you know it, it's like if I wanted to bring a bag of cookies on my way over here I would have done myself of like, course of course like, I you want to say like I mean, I'm usually not like that aggressive in things, mm-hmm. but it's the way I get aggressive is like, my name's on something, like, yeah. I want stuff done right and oh, well. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so it's just like, all right, dude, like, or I mean, I've hosted events before where like, oh, we forgot to like bring like cups to serve the drinks. Yeah. It's like, why? why? Like, yeah. Wait, what, what was going through your brain? Though? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, we need ice too. Oh. It's just, yeah. Good news, you're fired. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Well, I think that's, and you're totally right, because again, I've been, we have both been part of events, or I've been part of events where that has been an issue. And I think that it really is that learn from other people's mistakes, where every single time I'm in charge of a show, Mm -hmm. again, I know things can always go wrong, right? But at the same time, those things shouldn't be the things that go wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? I kind of wonder, like, people's, like, motivation, right? So, 
when I like volunteer for events, mm -hmm. I want to go there because like I've done stuff before, so I can mm -hmm. help out where needed if someone's like busy, learn how to do things better, and then make a bunch of contacts. Yeah. Right. Like, I want people like, why? Why did you choose to volunteer? You clearly don't want to be here. Mm -hmm. You're in the back, like, not working, like, mm -hmm. just go home. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, and that's, and it sucks. I mean, I think the difference between you and I is that, I, I mean, I think I, I've, well, actually, we've both been on both sides of yeah. the running the event and then having people come and then, all, like, to volunteer or being the person that volunteers at the event. Yeah. And there's a very clear line between, like, volunteering and also asking for volunteers. I feel like when you ask for volunteers and it's your, like you're saying, it's your name on the project, yeah. it's a totally different story. Like you're having these people move, whatever whatever it is, whatever, whether it's, can you fix that chair right over there? Hey, can you hang this over here? Can yeah. you make sure that this is going well? This is the, These are the tasks that I need you to do because why you're laying it out blatantly clear. But sometimes when you're a volunteer and you're going to something, you're not in charge and you didn't set the task list or whatever. So that's why it creates the sitting down and it creates the what do we do? And that to me and we agree that it's not worth my time. It's not worth if I, it's not worth my time that it's not worth me asking somebody else to come in and do it. Yeah. And I think that that idea to me has is just embedded in my work ethic. <laughs> so one of your lists would be just like I'll print out a bowl or you know digital list yeah. that people can see like this is things get done before yeah. the show yeah. during the show and after the show mm -hmm. if you're sitting there picking your butt mm -hmm. maybe you see if you can cross one of those off mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah but, like how tough would that be like hey there's stuff on the list to do maybe like try to go do it yeah like and then, and then they don't do it it's just like why are you volunteering here, man? Well, I feel like it starts with the leadership in general, okay, right? right? Where it's like, if I'm the executive producer of something, yeah. I'm going to have my team of people. And these people that I'm asking to work with me, not for me, with me, right? That's very important. It's key. Yeah. <laughs> They're working with me. They have to trust me and I have to trust them and I have to respect them. And there is that line of like fun, but also professional. And I feel like with my team, I've created that environment. So yes, we can joke around, but when it comes to business, that's what we focus Good on. Job. Yeah. And I trust them to tell their other people, their other volunteers that they're in charge of, that that's, this is what needs to get done. And they know that their name is on whatever task list I gave them, and they're held accountable to that. Yeah, like, I think mean, that's, like, why I've never really enjoyed being a manager of people. Yeah. Is, like, I'm, like, okay, this is, like, your job. Mm -hmm. So you're going to be accountable to doing your job. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I was, like, I was always, on like, my management experience has been on the newer side, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's, like, all right, like, go do your job mm -hmm. and then when I don't I'm like right now there's an issue oh I give you warning well you didn't do your job mm -hmm. like that's why I mean in my, in my uh my career now like I'm not like buddy buddy with like mm -hmm. my bosses cause like I need to be managed like whatever you know yeah most people do too right but it's just like I'd rather not kind of put them in that weird situation like we'll talk about whatever but it's just like I'm gonna have my life have yours yeah. I think my current company is like really interesting cause people are my superiors have vastly different interests than I do. Mm -hmm. So it's easy not to be like, 
let's all hang out, like yeah. doing the same thing yeah. together because I don't want to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's easy to be like, okay, yeah. no thanks, bye. So what's kind of your long-term goal? Do you want to open kind of a consultancy where you go and run events or what's kind of the career aspirations here? My biggest dream I don't like saying dream because, I don't know, I feel like there's so many things I want to do in my life and I'm slowly but surely checking them off. Yeah. So it's not really a dream, it's just like when the time permits itself. Yeah. Uh, it's owning my own production company. Cool. Um, where it's, where the, whether it's fashion shows, whether it's big events, concerts, those types of things, and kind of connecting people that are up and coming and being able to be like, look, like I have the resources and the knowledge to help you do XYZ. Yeah. So that's what I see myself doing. And traveling between the states in which I kind of have lived. So it's like California, Hawaii, Chicago, New York. Like, how is that not a fun work trip? And you fill that with a year of events is like super, you know, it's ideal. I always wonder that. <laughs> that's like, the plan. <laughs> for like uh, event planners and stuff, like, like let's say wedding planners, right? Yeah. Like, like, oh, it's so crazy. But the way you describe it is just like, if you know what to do like you have kind of a formula for yeah. it like you know what you're gonna need to do to get this done mm -hmm. and then when things mm -hmm. come along like, you can handle it mm -hmm. I just watched uh, we got Disney Plus uh. so I watched like Blank Check yes and I cannot stop laughing the whole time with the wedding planner uh -huh. who like hands them like a hundred thousand dollar check for her services uh -huh. and it was just like oh like, I did all this stuff this is like the party of the year it took me all over like, yeah yeah right sweet dude like not, not a bad but then also which cost them all. That's not like hundred grand in her pocket. It's of like course. she paid for all these things that need to be here. Like. Yes, exactly, exactly. No, it's it's tough. It's it's a weird career to want and to have. And I think it now being part of it and then kind of being out of it and then going back and volunteering for like on a whim really. Yeah. It's you have to have a particular temperament, I feel like is a good way to put it, to be able to handle things like that. Somebody panicky, somebody running around, not a good vibe. <laughs> not a good vibe at all. I always say to my volunteers or even like my team, I always go, if I'm not worried about it, you shouldn't be worried about it, right? You kind of set that line of like, the buck stops with me. Why are you concerned <laughs> with something that's, I mean, for lack of a better phrase, above your pay grade, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, just don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, at the end of the day, like, people should... If the volunteers, the workers are having fun, that energy's gonna pass off to oh, the yeah. people there. Yeah. Like when I was working like the door, like not letting people sit down yet. Uh -huh. Like they're always like getting like, mad at me, like, oh why can't we go in? And I was just like, Oh, they're like practicing their modeling like this. And I like feeling mm -hmm. more I like tend to like walk and they mm -hmm. laugh. I'm, like mm -hmm. now they're like less mad at me, they're more like, Okay, we get why we can't go in yet. Yeah. I've always just like holds. Yeah. Because like, one guy like pissed me off big time, like he's he was a media. Uh -huh. Um at that he just Flashes media pass and walks by me. I'm like, you can just be nice about it. Yeah, and be like, yeah. Hey, I'm media. I'm just heading around to get set up. Totally. Like, just not just like, like do it. Like, I'm not like you know, gonna bounce you, but like, just not letting people in because like safety reasons and whatever. Exactly. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. I mean, the best thing that I learned about working working in retail, right, is that the best way to like stop somebody is like to quote-unquote customer service them so it's just like look let's be personable calm down like yes you're the guy that's gonna be taking all these pictures but 
you're at my show, so let's let's chat. Like, let's become mano y mano with each other, you know? Like, all those things. So, yeah. It's a lot of shaking hands and kissing babies is what my dad likes to call it. Of oh, yeah. Just, like, the smiling and doing the face and just creating that reputation for yourself. A genuine one, obviously, yeah. that people know and respect. And it's like, they wouldn't do something like that. Just, like, walk right in. It's just like, time out. Let's chat. Let's two seconds. Just two seconds. <laughs> to, that, to that point, I used to think it would be awesome to be a photographer at shows. Yeah. It's like, dude, you're gonna meet so many people, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when I've done like my photography, just be like walking around, be like a motor or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just get so stressed out. I'm like, you need to be in the right spot. Like, you need to be like yeah. spot on yeah. for everything going on. Mm-hmm. Like, people are asking you like submit your work. Yeah. Like, I didn't sign a waiver because I'm not submitting my stupid videos of me like mm-hmm. the finger mm-hmm. in front of like the camera, telling what's going on. Like, the media <laughs> part of fashion shows is wild. I have worked with so many photographers that would. I mean, that was a part of our thing was yeah. we would have to have media come and advertise for the show or even you know give highlights or add photos to models portfolios and again it's having to have good relationships with those people because a lot like you're saying people don't want to sign waivers sometimes and it's just like okay it's annoying but I need these photos and I need to promote this for next year's event and that's why that's where that good relationship that trust and that personality mm-hmm. and being personable with these people kind of comes into play and I think that's why I thank Hawaii so much for just my work ethic in general just because it is a small community yeah. first of all the fashion industry right yeah. then as an island in general it's super small so your reputation supersedes you so it's like if you're not genuine and people smell like two-face on you like they will not work with you I've seen it happen before firsthand I've seen people pass up other people and use me strictly because they're like no that person wronged us in the past so I think that's why even now now being new to Chicago it's that same idea of just like okay meet all the people be kind to all of the people do what they need you to do do it better than what they you know what I mean do it better than what they're asking um, but at the same time, like, kind of be on your guard, too, just because I've been jaded <laughs> a couple of times as well. So what's kind um, of your plan for making, like, impact here in Chicago in fashion, right? Honestly, it's, I feel like it's still in the works. I mean, you can come, what's great is I've had a great career in Hawaii, right? right? Main part of that being in Hawaii, but as a professional and also just as a personal, a person that likes growing and evolving, you gotta take yourself out of that comfort zone where you were successful and really test yourself to see if you can make it. So I think that now that I've lived here a year, I've adjusted, I yeah. went through a winter. <laughs> Volunteering for that fashion show really was that first step and it, it made me miss that environment again. And I realized that I, one, I'm good at what I do, yep. even if it's been a long time. That never leaves, <laughs> right? Confirmed. Yeah. And at the same time, there is room for me here, which I think a lot of artists in general, whether it be fashion or whether it be like woodworking or whatever, any type of artist that you are, sometimes you just don't know if you're, if you have a space. And I feel like 
after our experience, yeah. I have a space. So it's nice. So it's it, now I'm looking at it as, okay, how else do I keep building contacts? How else do I keep getting out there and and getting to know the people that I need to get to know <laughs> to be able to get there? So. That's exactly like my mindset for why I host kind of like these little fashion get-togethers yeah. here. It's... I've gone to other like fashion networking events, which I'm super appreciative. Mm -hmm. They have people set up booths and stuff, and they say bring your business cards, all this crap. But if you're new or you're trying to get in or something, it's daunting mm -hmm. to walk into that. And like I've had friends like I went with a friend last night that's in the fashion industry, and she's like super timid, quiet, like barely even wants to like, talk to me and my friends. Mm -hmm. Nonetheless, like wants to go somewhere where people are like, trying to sell you something yeah. or asking to see your portfolio and stuff. And her portfolio is actually really good. Yeah. I was just like, I just want to be there to be supportive of it, right? Like, I don't want to be the next, like, whatever. I mean, whatever that means. But like, I mean, a rising tide lifts all ships kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, mm -hmm. I think it's a really cool thing about Chicago that's not up and it's not full-blown LA or New York fashion course, yet. It's like, yeah. There's plenty of people that can help out. It's not super cutthroat. Like, yeah. if you don't have XYZ stuff, like, you're not gonna make it. Like, I yeah. have friends that went to fashion school and people were talking like crap, like, in school, like, well, I, I don't really want to finish this when I launch my own line and mm -hmm. I'm gonna get signed and so on. Like, hey, great, man, like, have at it. But, like, mm -hmm. that's, like, the, any professional athlete, it's, like, less than 1% of, like, college people go on to play the pros. Yeah, Like, yeah. high school, it's, like, the same thing. It's, like, a funnel, right? Same I mean, thing. You just hear, yeah. like, five or six whatever. It's just, like, yeah. It's insane. I I think that much like event planning in general, it takes a specific type of person to, like you're saying, put themselves out of, their, like we're saying, put yeah. themselves out of their comfort zone. And I think it's that once you do it once when you do it once it becomes almost addicting where you're just like look i'm new this is what i need to do to, yeah. to make it work i mean it's very much when i first moved here i didn't even have a job like i was just like here we go let's see what happens but your human instincts kick into play come into play where you're just like i need food i need water i need a roof over my head yeah and it's that same i think that logic is can be carried over professionally where it's just like look i'm new to the area i need to start volunteering at events and again being knowing that you're not big enough to not do those things right because that's what i feel like stops a lot of people and i've known a lot of people especially in fashion schools whether it be in la whether it be in new york that have graduated and are just like okay well where is my where is my line? Where is where are all these people that should be buying all of my things? And people are afraid to do the work. And I think again, it just takes a particular type of person to be able to look past that and just like do it for your own fulfillment. And along the way, things will happen. You know what I mean? Like it just—I'm a firm believer in that. So. Well, now the Instagram changes how many likes you have on your photos. People are screwed. Yeah. <laughs> How many? I remember. Yeah, it's so weird. A lot of job applications now are just like, "Give us your social media and blah blah blah." And I'm just like, really? I mean, I bet you, if I talked to you for ten minutes, you wouldn't even have to ask that question. Not to be like pompous, but just one of those things where it's just like, I have worked with models. Mm -hmm. 
12,000 followers, 50,000 followers, and you meet them in person, they can't look you in the eyes. It's, it actually drives me nuts and about social media influencers, how different they are in real life. Right? And it's just like, look, if you're going to be quote-unquote influencing these people, you need to be able to talk to these people when you meet them in person. Yeah. It, I love social media in the sense that it connects people and it's an easy way to market. I mean, any event that I've ever done, we've had social media, yeah. live streams, all these different platforms, whatever. But at the end of the day, like, I think you lose, like we're kind of talking about that human connection and that's where... I'm just like, ugh, a little wary of. What do you want to leave our listeners with before we sign off? What do I want to leave the listeners with while we sign off? I don't know. I, hmm. I love saying this. I love saying that five minutes of vulnerability. I can't even say it. I like it so much I can't say it. I'm so excited. I'm a firm believer that five minutes of vulnerability can lead to a lifetime's worth of clarity. That can be applied professionally, that can be applied personally. In this case, it's professionally. And it led me to this podcast. So awesome. there you go. Let's wrap that. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Bites Kitchen. The best of times are always shared at the table. Good food, good drinks, good stories, good friends. Wish I had any of those. (laughs) At Bites, they believe that good food is more than merely a part of survival. It is their passion. It has the power of transcend language, cultures, and ethnic backgrounds. Through food, they share their culture with new friends and old. They share a piece of who they are. And by coming together for meals, they trade good stories while creating new ones. At Bites, they want you to celebrate cultures from around the world. They've been inspired by Thailand, China, Japan, Korea, and more. They are also excited by the opportunity to continue creating new recipes. Food is always better when shared amongst friends, and that is how they shape their menu. With creative cocktails and a menu that is constantly evolving, a new story always awaits you at Bites. Show up, I guarantee you see me sitting there with my Buddha in my hand. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Pod Directory, or SoundCloud. That way, you'll get our latest episodes sent right to your device when they come out every week. For reference, those are all linked up right in the show notes. While you're in there, feel free to leave us a review. If you do, all I can say is two words. Endless gratitude. Writing reviews helps us understand how we can improve the podcast as we all continue along this fun adventure in fashion, fitness, and food.